Good morning. It is Wednesday, and I'm in my favorite spot. If you go to my Snapdays underscore bot account on Instagram, I post pictures there from my peaceful podcasting spots because they're too beautiful not to share. This morning, I've had several hummingbirds come by to visit, but of course, they're so elusive. I couldn't capture them on camera, but it's so nice to to be here and, and hear them singing and fluttering by. I'm wondering how often you use Snapchat, dear listener, as a utility. And by that I mean, how many ways do you find Snapchat to be useful and not just a vehicle for, you know, conversing with your friends and showing people what you ate and how much fun you're having or providing local news? What do you do with Snapchat that actually is useful as you go about your day? Well, one of the first things I do every morning is I take a little picture and then I check what the temperature is. And I'm sure if you use Snapchat, some of you have done that. Others of you who do not have Snapchat yet, all you do is take a snap and then swipe through to the uh, weather lens. And then you can not only get the weather in Fahrenheit or Celsius, but you can get a forecast or you can get the next, I think, three hours, uh, maybe five hours of, uh, of temperatures. So that's really convenient and you can tell whether it's going to rain or not. That's, it's, it's very simple, but convenient and it works for me every single day. I also do it at lunchtime at work because I'm not near any windows and so I can check and see if I need to take my jacket with me for my lunch break walk. Another useful feature that I've used on occasion is when I go walking, especially when I'm walking fast, I like to look at the speedometer and see how fast I'm going. I'm sure it's just an an estimate, but I still find it useful because I can compare how fast I'm walking this morning to how fast I was walking last week. So the um, altitude would be one more thing. If you're going hiking or something, it's kind of cool to see the elevation. And of course, if you're climbing mountains, that's going to lend to your workout. And I like to see that as well. It's another Wednesday, so go ahead and celebrate. Wild Out Wednesday, Whiskey Wednesday, Wheelie Out Wednesday, Howl Out Wednesday, Crazy Selfie Wednesday, and any other Wednesday games that there is out there to be played. Well, it's Wednesday, and that means, like every week, we have Chat Snap. That's the Twitter chat all about Snapchat. Try to say all that really fast. Rebecca Council is stepping in as the host again as Christy Gillentine helps her family to recover from Hurricane Harvey. And again, we wish uh, all the Hurricane Harvey victims and the victims of all the subsequent hurricanes the best of success in rejuvenating and regenerating. It's been a really trying season. Today's chat snap is about Tristan King's artistry. Tristan is an artist on Snapchat and um, the moderator Amanda Ray and host Rebecca Council will be fielding questions about, I'm assuming, art on Snapchat. I'm not sure, but I'm sure we'll learn a lot about Tristan King. And by the way, Tristan can be found on Snapchat as Muffin Man Trist. So um, you might want to add him. And in case you're not aware of it, 
Chat Snap is 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time. See you there. I'm calling this episode My Fascination with Snap Map. So some people, you know, sit down and turn on the TV. For me, sometimes the TV is the Snap Map. And so I've got my iPad up right now. And I have pinched my fingers together to bring the Snap Map up. And I see a ton of my friends who have purposely made themselves visible to me across the United States and in Canada. I'm just focusing on North America right now. And for those of you who have never used the Snap Map, basically you just, you know, move around the the screen to get the map to move and then you can see tweets that are public tweets, purposefully public, and see what's going on. For example, um, looks like in my part of town, Las Positas lockdown. So there's a lockdown going on? There's a shooter on campus. Great. Okay, I didn't know about this. Livermore, California, it says they're showing people hiding in a classroom at Las Positas College. And there's somebody hiding in their car. And they're showing somebody hiding in a cubicle in a library. That's the alarm from the school going off. And somebody is writing in Spanish. Que no panda el cunico, but looks like there's a shooter in campus. And they're showing everybody just kind of sitting in the room. Not everybody looks like they're panicking. Most people are on their phones and they're being really quiet. So, I mean, you never know what you're going to see. Never know what you're going to see. So now they're showing a helicopter flying over the community college. And it's the only helicopter. It's not like a a bunch that I see. So it's kind of darting between the school with the alarms going off and people saying we're on lockdown and then random images of people walking through a parking lot and laughing like you just heard. So the alarm is telling them they can return to their normal activities. This was six hours ago and they're showing all the people just walking down across campus going back to school. It says finally clear to leave. So um, here's what I would say about something like this. I mean, first of all, thank God Apparently, it was possibly a false alarm. Somebody is speculating that it was a, a fake gun. It says, um, finally out. The cops caught them. Looks like we had more shooters. But they use that crazy face icon, which kind of takes all the seriousness away from that post. But they're showing all these police officers standing around. and I mean, it's very interesting the way people react when there's stories like this. I mean... The San Bernardino shooting, which is when Snapchat first started posting 
um, first person views on major events. There were people laughing and teenagers. I mean, they're kids and they're not getting the potentially grave situation that was going on. But that's what happens, right? And it was really interesting to me to see that because if you watched it on the news, you would not have seen that. You would have only seen the really serious scenes and the things that, you know, the news would have wanted us to to get from that situation, how serious it was, how scary, tragic, and that kind of thing. And yet, every single time when you watch the snap map and see how people act, even after the earthquake in Mexico, people were joking about it. During a hurricane, people are like, Irma, and they're putting their middle fingers up, come at me, come at me, bro, and laughing and standing in the wind. I mean, people do stuff like that. And um, that's the kind of stuff that you get when you watch human beings going through a crisis, you know? And then you get another picture when you watch the news. Okay, part two coming up next. Now that I have the social media side of the story, I look at the news side of the story. And I think of this as the qualitative side versus the quantitative side. So the qualitative side of the story is the emotion and the perspective of the people that are in there, the atmosphere, the mood, all that in-between stuff that you don't get from words on a page. So I like that we can do that, that we can see the perspective of the participants, what they choose to show, um, what they thought was important at the time. All that stuff is interesting and contributes to the story. And usually it's going to contribute to the story in ways that journalists um, did not anticipate. So for the journalist side, I'm looking for quantitative data, numbers. I'm looking for interviews. I'm looking for facts. And putting these two together is what gives me a a better picture of what's going on. If you happen to be present at an event that attracts citywide or statewide or national or worldwide attention and you snap about it, uh, I would say consider putting your snap code on your snaps and that's only if you're posting to the public story and you're not concerned about being contacted. Anybody who publishes to the public story is obviously saying that they're okay with people seeing you know the story from their perspective but not everybody you're not known when you put your story out there you're anonymous basically so if there's an earthquake like in Mexico and I'm watching all these snaps and I'm seeing the city where my family or my friends live, it would be really great if I had a snap code on one of those snaps that I could contact that person and get some information. So that does put a burden on the person who gives out that information, but you never know who you could help that way. When uh, the thing happened here in Las Vegas, the There was somebody on Snapchat who said she was really worried about a police officer friend of hers that she hadn't heard from. And I said, you know what? If you want, you can give me his name. I know a dispatcher here. You never know who you could help. I didn't put my snap code on mine because I, you know, I wasn't around in the area. I didn't even know about it. I woke up in the morning and heard the horrible news. Had I been there, maybe if I had the presence of mind to add my snap code, 
I could have answered some questions, maybe helped get some information. You never know. So just consider it. Uh, I When I look at the Snap Map, it's very, very rare for people to add their Snap code, but I have noticed that in the Middle East, people are more likely to put their Snap code on there. I don't know why that is, but it's very handy. And I hope that as people get more used to the social media presence at um, at events and in storytelling and, you know, disaster information, people will get used to adding their contact information and, and being a source of information. So just consider it um, or call in and tell me I'm totally wrong. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. We can all be of use to complete strangers in ways that that we never would have imagined.